0: Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast on this 4th of July weekend. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and I invite you to take a few minutes out of your holiday celebrations with me for a different kind of celebration, a celebration of God's Word. We have a lot to think about this 4th of July. We have a lot of difficult memories of the past year to look back on, and we have a lot of good things to look forward to in the coming year. We are living in turbulent, changing, and exceptional times. God's Word has a lot to say about all of these times. I'm going to begin today with two readings from the Bible that encourage us to move our focus from the past and the future and let it rest on the present moment. I'll then talk about how our perspective on past, present, and future shape how we live and determine how happy and secure we are. First of all, a reading from the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. It says, Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. And from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, at a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to, unto you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today here ends the reading grace to you and peace from god our father and from our lord and savior jesus christ amen i went out for a long bike ride yesterday it was a calm and sunny day the perfect conditions for a late afternoon ride i rode a familiar 35 mile course of rolling hills on smoothly paved country roads I rode through expansive mint fields that were being harvested. The pungent, fresh mint aroma had an intoxicating effect on me. No wonder this is one of my favorite routes, the gentle ups and downs making it perfect for a leisurely cruise. Leisurely, that is, until a monster hill rises up like a wall in the final two miles of the return. 33 miles of heaven leading to less than a quarter mile of thigh-punishing hell. In terms of riding time, two hours of pleasure and two minutes of suffering. You would think, wouldn't you, that the pleasure would far outweigh the suffering? But no. As soon as I reached the turnaround point in my ride, I started dreading the Sharon Road Hill, that lay in my path ahead. I could already imagine the torturous burning in my thighs and my heart pounding in my chest as I struggled up the slope. I began to doubt myself. Although I had conquered this hill many times without fail, would I be strong enough to make it to the top today? Fear started to creep in around the corners of my mind. Maybe I would run out of gas halfway up the hill and, lacking the strength to click up, clip out of my pedals, topple into the ditch and break my hip. Or would my 72-year-old 70, heart explode on the way up? He died doing what he loved. I could almost hear the pastor who would do my funeral in tone. In now, please, tell me that I'm not the only one who sometimes indulges in these disaster scenarios. I suspect that I'm not, since Jesus invested a fairly lengthy sermon on his disciples and encouraged them not to worry about things like that. But it's a common human characteristic to fret about the future and the things that may go wrong. But it's an equally common feature to worry about the past and hold on with regret to the things that have already gone wrong. The solution to both of these tendencies is seemingly simple. Focus on the present. I have a stepping stone on my patio that sums it up well. Be here now. Live where you are in time and space. Focus on that. Now, I'm certainly not the first one to make that observation. You can buy that same proverb-bearing stepping stone in any garden store near you. Many writers and philosophers have expounded on the theme. Eckhart Tolle, in his book, The Power of Now, says, Nothing ever happened in the past. It happened in the now. Nothing will ever happen in the future. It will happen in the now. That's a simple but profound thought. Although we remember things happening in the past and envision them happening in the future, the moment in which they occur is always the now. The way I like to put it, the past is just a memory, the future is just a dream. Only the present is real. Michael Singer, in his book, The Untethered Soul, points out the problem in our way of thinking about temporal matters. He says, you see situations that happen in the past as disturbing and you see things down the road as potential problems. Now, gurus like Michael Singer and Eckhart Tolle extol the virtues of zen-like living in the present moment. Be here now. When you're eating breakfast, eat breakfast. Don't mindlessly spoon down your oatmeal while your mind is planning your day. As you lie in bed at night, don't replay the mess-ups of the previous day. Calmly focus on your in-breath and your out-breath until you drift off into blissful sleep. Now, I'm not putting these ideas down, these techniques. I've tried both and they work. But there's only one problem. The past and the future are stubborn animals. They will still be there when you finish breakfast or wake up in the morning. We've got to deal with them, too. The philosopher George Santayana said, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And most of our parents have reminded us, and most of us have reminded our children, if you don't plan for the future, you're never going to make anything out of yourself. Jesus' comment, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own only goes so far. So I've come up with my own formulation to address past, present, and future. And you may quote me if you wish. Don't regret the past. Learn from it. Don't sweat the future. Plan for it. Don't miss the present. Live in it. So let's apply this bit of homespun wisdom to our nation as we celebrate the 4th of July. Let's start with and we'll focus on, don't regret the past, learn from it. How do we deal with our nation, our past as a nation, is an issue that's in the news every day. One area of focus is the discussion of what has been named CRT, or Critical Race Theory. Critical Race Theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine US law as it intersects with issues of race in the US and to challenge mainstream approaches to racial justice. CRT examines social, cultural, and legal issues as they relate to race and racism in the United States, and more recently, the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Now, proponents of CRT, most of whom would be considered as liberal or progressive, contend that as a nation we have been living in denial of our racist past. Accordingly, America's original sin of slavery has been institutionalized and never effectively dealt with. Although America fought a civil war to abolish slavery, the Jim Crow era that followed effectively retooled slavery through unfair economic and social policies and institutions. And while advances toward equality and human rights were made in the 1960s Civil Rights Movement, the remedies were incomplete, and we've even backslid in some of our ways today. Racial justice injustice still permeates our society. The 1619 Project, which was launched in 2019, aims to reframe American history and its teaching around the date of... Of the arrival of enslaved Africans to Virginia in that year, 1619. And the BLM Black Lives Movement, also focuses on raising the awareness of continuing racism in our culture. Now opponents of CRT, most of whom we would see as conservative, see a need to consider the pernicious influence of what they consider biased, propaganda-filled teachings that run down the United States. In response to the 1619 Project, the 1776 Commission was established to promote patriotic scholarship and education. Now, they contend that the 1619 Project encourages anti-American hate-mongering curriculum in schools. And their goal is for America's children to grow up knowing that They are citizens of the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. Now, much of the conversation, at least in the media, between these two movements or factions is little more than bitter politically motivated squabbling and posturing. From my perspective today, however, we can generalize by saying that the 1619 folks seem inclined to regret our shared American past. The 1776 folks, on the other hand, tend to deny the negative elements of our history. So coming at American history from these widely differing perspectives guarantees continuing and increased polarization without meaningful progress. Living in the past either way is not productive. Well, back to my sage advice, don't regret the past, learn from it. And we can't learn from the past if we deny it. Instead of doggedly aligning ourselves with projects or commissions or political movements about the past, we can commit ourselves to first learning about it and then using what we have learned to teach in this present moment. Too few of us are willing to invest the time and the work to really immerse ourselves in the study of our own history. We seem we already know it. While study after study shows that most Americans are woefully ignorant of American history. We can't teach our children in the present before we educate ourselves about the past and plan for the future. There are some simple guidelines that can ensure that we are seeking to learn and teach history and plan for the future rather than just fabricating it. We can create classroom culture that recognize and value students and teacher identities and cultures that provide a window into diverse histories and cultures. We need to encourage students to learn about cultures other than their own. Have to be condemned to repeating the past. We should use primary resources that are developmentally appropriate for the classes in which they are used. These resources might include ancient documents like the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Federalist Papers, difficult as they may be, as well as more contemporary ones such as the Civil Rights Act and studying the Equal Rights Amendment and talking about it. And we can give students the space and the opportunity to process emotionally what they learn. They may experience anger, resentment, or guilt, all of which are valid responses to difficult material. But inducing guilt and shame in our young people should never be our objective. We learn, want to learn them all to learn to have a healthy and productive attitude toward life and themselves. Present stories of resistance and resilience, alongside hard and difficult stories, can be taught. Raise up the heroes of history of all races, as well as the villains. Teach that patriotism comes in a lot of different forms. One of our country's greatest achievements is our ability to correct our flaws, not to deny and perpetuate them we learn from our history. There is room for both pride and repentance in our past. When we have learned from our past, we will then be in a position to plan for our future. I can cite a lot of things to worry about in our future, some even worse than my dreaded Sharon Road Hill. I'm worried that we will not be able to reverse climate change fast enough for our planet to remain livable. I worry that America will become more politically divided and descend into race war. I worry that ethnic hatred and national interests will lead to global war. I worry that more buildings will crumble into the sea. I worry that viruses and bacteria will continue to mutate beyond our ability to control them. I'm worried that violence and killing will continue to increase until our cities are unlivable. But wait a minute. I've got to stop and listen to Jesus again. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today is enough trouble for today. And I'm blessed in this present. We are blessed in this present moment. If we have learned from the past, we should take comfort that we're in a position where we can plan for the future. We live in a free country. We have many blessings. This 4th of July, I pledge to live in this current moment, to be here now in this America. I live today in the comfort of knowing that America is a sweet land of liberty. The land that was once the land of the Pilgrim's Pride is now the pride of black Americans and white Americans. It is the pride of LGBTQ Americans. It is the pride of liberal and conservative Americans. It is the pride of all Americans who will truly live out these words today. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, one nation, indivisible, under God, with liberty and justice for all. Yes, I choose to be an American. I choose to be here now, in this moment, learning from the past, yearning for the future, and embracing this moment that God has allotted us. Amen. May God bless you and keep you this weekend. May God bless America and everyone who lives in her.